Alrighty, I would like to welcome everybody to Randomality at its finest. I'm joined again today by Aaron Jazzwall. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, fantastic. I'm ready to go on a little rant. Are you ready for the ride? All right, let's go. You, you don't watch much football, do you? Uh, not a whole lot. So, uh, as some people who know me know, I'm a Steelers fan, and we uh, used to have Antonio Brown on our team, and he was, recently, he's been a big bubble of drama and, and issues, um, so I kind of want to go on a little rant about it, because okay. I think it's annoying. <laughs> so, we're gonna I'm going to take you, since you aren't a football guy, kind of through the sequence of events here as to what happened. So, he was with the Steelers about a year ago, right? So the very first really big incident that kind of opened people's eyes was he threw one of those big Gatorade jugs uh-huh. like on the sideline. He threw it. We were winning the game, the football game. We were winning. And out of anger because he wasn't receiving enough catches, even though we were very comfortably winning the game, he was upset he wasn't getting enough catches because he's a wide receiver. So he threw a Gatorade container on the sideline to throw a little fit about it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your first sign. Like, okay, that's a little weird, a little selfish. Yeah, We're doing just fine in the game. And when asked about it after, he's like, I just want to win. I was getting frustrated that we uh, that I wasn't doing good. You know, things like that. So that was the first kind of thing. Next thing is he's at some point around this time frame. I don't remember exactly when it was, but he was accused by one of his neighbors of throwing furniture off of his balcony. He was on a top floor of an apartment or some fancy condo complex, and he threw uh, some form of furniture off of his deck and almost killed his neighbor's child with the furniture. So that's a little side drama that happened uh, around the same time. Next, he goes ahead and uh, in the middle of a game where we were struggling um, a little bit, he got into a physically violent-looking argument with the offensive coordinator of the Steelers. They had to separate him from him to keep him from getting into a fight with him. So then you start to get a little, a little like, what's going on here? You know, this guy's acting a little weird. Yeah. Um, and then we we progress a little further into the season, and I don't even remember if these all happened on the same season, but it was within the same kind of time frame here with the Steelers. So what happens next is, reportedly, he got into a fight with the quarterback of the team and threw a football at a locker and then decided not to show up to practice the next two days, which then led him to get benched for the one of the most important games of the season um, that he would have very much been needed in. It was literally the playoffs were riding on winning the game, and they had to bench him because he decided not to show up for practices because there's got to be consequences for actions. Of course. Um, and since he was benched for the game, he decided to leave the game at halftime, not support his team. He left the game. Um, we won the game. We still didn't get into the playoffs because a different team had to also win for us to get in. It was the Browns and we all know how the Browns like to not (laughs) win all the time. So they lost and we didn't make it in, but in the off season, like pretty much right away, Antonio Brown made it clear he wanted a new contract. He wanted guaranteed money. Obviously, the contract he had didn't guarantee him money, mm-hmm. but he, you know, obviously had money coming to him. But he wanted the guaranteed money, the money that is guaranteed to him. So that's what he was going off about. He wanted a new contract. The Steelers weren't weren't willing to give him as much as he wanted. He wanted a ridiculous amount of money. Um, so basically, what it came down to is he started to throw a fit. 
long story short, and he gets traded. He gets traded to the Raiders. Um, while on the Raiders, right, before the season even starts, he um, starts to do some really immature things. For instance, um, he decides to publicize private messages between him and a very young Steelers receiver who looked up to him. Um, and he posts these text messages in a way to say that the team wasn't giving him the dis- the respect that he deserved. Basically, what he was upset about was he didn't win tem- team MVP, but this new receiver did. And he publicized personal text messages between the two on his Twitter um, of the guy telling him how much he looks up to him and how he how he really tries to uh, copy and, and work off of his work ethic. And... Uh, Really, the funny thing is that the entire text message makes Juju look like a really good person. His name is Juju Smith-Schuster, is the other receiver, and it makes Antonio look like an idiot because he's trying to say, see how, how awesome I am that my teammates look up to me, but they still didn't give me the money I deserve, you know, kind of that kind of a message. Um, so he does that. That's another little flag. It's like, okay, dude, you're being immature. Um, then what he decides to do is, so there's, this thing called cryotherapy. I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah. It's some sort of, I don't know, it cools you down, freezes you or something. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to wear socks inside of the cryotherapy. Yeah. He decided not to do that and got frostbite on his foot. Um, so in the very beginning of the offseason, he couldn't really do any training with his new team because he was irresponsible and got frostbite on his foot. <laughs> And he was kind of upset for some odd reason with his new team about this. Um, he was making a big kerfuffle about it. Um, then he decides, so what happens is the NFL about two years ago told everybody, hey, we're switching over helmets to safer helmets. They didn't like the helmets, they were, but they gave people, um, a tra- I think they called it a transition year, mm-hmm. where if you didn't want to wear the new helmet yet, you could put it off until the deadline, which was this this next season um and he like a few other people tom brady aaron Rodgers, decided to do that um but now what he what he did when they officially switched it is he threw a fit he said i'm not playing i'm not practicing i will he threatened to retire if they made him wear the same hat the the same type of helmet and the funny thing is is that there was like 40 different styles that he could choose from Uh in terms of fit um and none of them fit his expectations or his needs so he threatened to retire and he was telling people he wasn't going to play which for some reason he still continued to blame on his new team even though they had nothing to do with it it was an nfl thing then funny enough uh he comes out and says that the reason he didn't want to wear the helmet wasn't because of how it felt or how it affected his gameplay but it was because it looked ugly he didn't like its look it was ugly so that that was a whole big issue, and he decided not to come to practices because of that. He didn't show up. Well, the team was like, we need you to show up. You're new to the team. We need you to practice and get up the chemistry. And uh, what he decides to do is just not show up, and they fine him because they saw what kind of some of the things that happened in his last team. He he didn't show up sometimes at the Steelers, but they let him get away with it. They didn't get him uh, make him in trouble until that very last game where he decided to just leave and then all this other stuff yeah. avalanched. But they decided to fine him. They sent him a, a formal letter in the mail telling him, you've been fined this much because you didn't do this. 
And then they even tried to keep it nice by doing sincerely, and it was from the the general manager of the team. Uh Well, he decides to uh, take a picture of this and post it on Instagram. And in this post, in the comments, I don't know what exactly he said, but all I know is in the end it was throwing his new teammates under the bus. He was throwing his new teammates under the bus. Um, So then, I guess, the next day at practice, he did show up, um, and he confronted the general manager who was there, called him a cracker, and tried to get into a physical fight with him. Obviously, at this point, they threatened to suspend him. They kicked him out of the practice facility. Um, And then John Gruden, the coach of the team, tried to set up a meeting with Antonio Brown, which he completely blew off. Then the next day, Antonio does a heartfelt, emotional apology to the team, apologizing for everything he's done wrong. And then that night, the night of the apology, he posts on his YouTube channel a private conversation between himself and the coach. And he he does this without the coach's permission, obviously. So then this is kind of the final straw. They release him from the team, right? Uh, so then naturally the Patriots, as they do with everybody who's good and doesn't have a home to go to, the Patriots sign somebody with the likes of Antonio Brown and before he even gets, like within two days before he even gets to the Patriots, before like right after he signs, it has now come out that he has been accused of rape and sexual assault. Now, I can't judge him for the rape or sexual assault because I'm a person who believes in innocent until proven guilty. Obviously, he hasn't had his due process yet. But all this other stuff I can most certainly judge him on. And I find it absolutely absurd and disgusting. There, there was actually... um a news article that came out that said that he approached an agency about how to get himself kicked off of the Raiders using social media. So now people are speculating, did he do all of this dirty stuff, walking over all these people using this team so that he could be released into free agency so he could sign with a team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl? And he's also guaranteed, I think it's... It's a $9 million signing bonus and then $15 million if he follows through. So if he were to play three seasons with them with the same contract, he'd make more than he was going to make in Oakland. So to me, I find what he did to be disgusting. It's irresponsible, unethical, immoral. I don't know. Any word you want to throw at it? Childish? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious, now that I've given you the timeline, What? how do you feel being someone who doesn't even watch football? How does that sound to you? Somebody who just causes issues and leaves anybody in their wake? Well, I mean, with any sport, you know, especially if you're a big name in said sport, you know, you, you got to think about what you're doing as everybody else because you're going to be a role model to somebody else. Like, look, you, like you said earlier, he was a role model to, you know, his former team. This guy messaged him and was like, dude, I, I look up to you. You're awesome. And it's just like, now you got to think not famous, not on mm-hmm. your team, not in your profession. You know, kids, you know, they're, they're going to look up to their favorite players, their favorite teams. And it's like, now you're being a bad influence on kids. And it's just really really unprofessional like how can you bring that into your profession like something that you're enjoying doing what because you're being a greedy jerk like um... well and i i watch i'm sure you've seen it before there's this show called first take on espn 
And one of my very favorite commentators is on that show, Stephen A. Smith. Um, and he is, he's, he's a black guy. And one thing that he really has been getting on Antonio Brown about lately is he is disgusted with the fact that Antonio Brown has left a lot of other people. He's thrown them under the bus. Uh-huh. For instance, Juju Smith-Schuster threw him under the bus to get where he's trying to get. Um, Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers, threw him under the bus um, to get where he's trying to go. Then he goes over to the Raiders, throws all of his new teammates under the bus. His general manager, the coach of the team, throws them all under the bus to get where he's trying to go. And the thing that Stephen A. really hates about it is he talks about how in the black community that's seen as um, really like unethical and because you're supposed to kind of help each other out and pave the way. Um, and when you throw people like that, especially with Mike Tomlin being one of the few black head coaches in the NFL, Stephen A. really talks about the fact that him throwing people like that under the bus is one of the most egregious things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, not only in the black community, but in general, I think throwing people under the bus to get somewhere like a, a higher stepping stone in your profession yeah, is the cheapest and weakest thing I've ever seen. Oh, of course. So, um, Aaron, moving on to something a little different and getting past my rant and my anger with Antonio Brown. Um, today I got to see, and I know I showed you the video, um, the monkey business illusion. And I don't know if people at home listening have seen this on the internet or not. You can type it into YouTube and it'll be there. It's got 21 million views if you want to see the, the video for 10 million or something like that. It has a lot of views. Um, basically what, what this video is, is it's asking you to watch the people. There's like five, would you say five people? It's about I think there was six, six, six people. Um, three of which were wearing white shirts and three were wearing black shirts. And there was one ball for people wearing black shirts and one ball for people wearing white shirts and they were tossing around. And your objective was to count how many times um, the people in the white shirt passed the ball. Um, so you, you would watch as they passed the ball to each other. They were kind of walking around in circles to make it a little difficult to keep your eye on the person who had the ball. Um, but what happens in the middle of this that a lot of people, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, if you want to watch the video, you can pause now. Uh, but what happens is a gorilla walks into the middle of the frame while they're passing the ball around. And the results show that a majority of the people, more than half, I think it said, um, didn't even notice the gorilla walked into the frame, like in the middle of the picture with them and then in between them passing the ball, uh, walked in the frame. Aaron caught it. Um, I did not when I first saw it. I did not see it at all. They also did little things like they changed the color of the background that people didn't notice. And one person from the black team kind of disappeared. And it was really interesting to me how I completely missed a gorilla walk into the middle of the frame. Um, and of course, we're, we're not talking about a, just any old gorilla. It, it was a person in a gorilla suit. Just to clear up that confusion, of yes, course, if you yes. watch the video yourself, you'll uh, definitely see that for yourself. Well, the crazy thing to me, too, is I first found out about this video today, actually, in one of my classes. And what my professor was using it to kind of display is that um, sometimes people, when they're focused on something, 
completely, without intention, ignore other things that they don't realize they're ignoring, but they are. Um, for instance, he used a good example. If you're uh, trying to uh, listen to a debate, like a political debate, what will happen is if you have two separate people watch it, and the interesting thing about that is you both watch the same debate, but you came out with different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So the the video kind of, in a way, it's not the same thing, but, but what's interesting is you and I both watch the same video, and we're both given the same objective, which was to count how many times the person passed the ball. Yeah. And you managed to catch two of the three things that they changed that you weren't even supposed to be looking at, and I didn't catch any of them. Uh-huh. So does that say that I was so focused on the objective that I wasn't paying attention to the cognitive... I wasn't using my cognitive abilities to pay attention to the surroundings and gather extra information? Or I'm curious, were you looking for something else, or were you paying direct attention? Um, no, I was watching the ball go back and forth, but um, for me, I have a very acute uh, peripheral, and so, you know, it, I, I tend to, even though I'm watching and focusing on the ball, I'm trying to not focus solely on the ball, um, especially when it comes to things like that. Like, um, a great example is uh, when people play the thing where they put, you know, a ball under the cup, when they have three cups and they switch the cups around, I don't directly watch the sole cup where I saw them put the ball under. I kind of watch the whole thing and watch the general movement of it. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I did with this monkey business test was I was watching them pass the ball, but I was also kind of spacing out on it. And so I was kind of gotcha. watching the whole video in, in a way. Well, another neat video I saw too to kind of display this message was they had these people at a desk, right? And these people, random people were coming up and I assume it was for some sort of um, formal meeting or something. Mm -hmm. They walked up to the desk and it was kind of like a check-in thing. You're checking in for the meeting. Um, And they had this person, they had to sign like some sort of piece of paper. So they had them sign it and then they're like, do you have your folder? And then the person, obviously they were never given a folder because it was set up. Uh-huh. The person said no, and they're like, oh, okay, I'll get it for you. They bend down under the table and switch it out with another lady. So it was a lady, but it switched out with a different person. person looks up. They hand them the folder. They have no clue that they switched the human being that was standing behind the desk. Hmm. No clue at all. Completely oblivious to it. And usually the person that they switch it out with doesn't even have the same hair color or anything, and they uh-huh. look fairly different. So to me, it's crazy how in that moment they don't even realize – there, there was one more that I saw. That I was only showing the three videos today. But they were all pretty neat. This other one was, it was this professor who was on a campus. They were recording him. He, a student asked for directions. So the professor was explaining to him, you know, kind of where to go. And all of a sudden, these two people carrying a door walked in between the professor and the student. And while that happened, they switched the student out with a person carrying the door uh-huh. and the professor continued to give directions once they passed by with a different person continued to give directions to a new human being and he didn't even realize that it was a different person because yeah. he was so into the directions he was giving i don't know that there's an underlining message there but it's really crazy and it's funny that you talk about that because uh there's a youtuber and they do like fun little pranks and stuff um But they do something similar to that, but it's way more noticeable. But it's just kind of funny because at first, 
you know, people don't notice it. So they go through a drive through mm-hmm. and the guy orders, you know, something. And then he asks for a water cup. And they're like, oh, okay. So they bend over and like grabbing cups and stuff. And so he switchly jumps into the passenger and he throws a blanket over himself. Well, in the pa- or in the back seat, there's a kid. And the kid jumps into the front seat, mm-hmm. and the you know the person at the drive-through comes back and gives them the water. And they're like, "Here's your water." Wait a second, did where'd the other person go? <laughs> and the kid just pretends like he was the person that asked for the water. He's just like, "No, I was the one that asked for water." And he's just like, "Oh, hey, I didn't get a straw. Could I get a straw?" And then they swap back, and the person's like, "Wait, what is going on? What happened to the kid?" And he's just like, "What kid? I was here the whole time." So I, I think it's funny it's just how like you perceive things at first. That's great. You know, you're just in the groove of what you're doing. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. It kind of just opens up your mind. You're like, wow. I mean, that I. You wonder if you were in that situation, like the person who comes up to the desk. Would you do that? Right. Would you completely not notice? Or the professor. You know, if you're someone comes up and asks for directions and you're giving them to them, you don't know this person, so you don't know exactly what they look like. But then they switch it out. Would you fall for it, or would you be like, "Where'd the other guy go?" Uh, with my cognitive function, I'd like to think that I would notice things like that. But I mean, who's to say that I wouldn't? Because you know, like you said, it's you know, I've just seen this person for what thirty seconds, and then they swap with somebody that looks, mm-hmm. you know, maybe somewhat similar to them. I could very easily have missed it too. Well, what I'm curious about, what I was racking my mind about after that is. Okay, well, I'm curious as to why I didn't see the gorilla, right? So I'm thinking to myself, well, was it because they gave me an objective and I'm trying to solve the objective? Or was it because I'm just, in a sense, just incognitive? In, yeah. No, no I, don't, I don't think that would be the case. I think, you know, just some people are wired when they're given a task or they're given a direction that they follow said direction to a t so it's like they they're so laser focused on that objective that they tend to not realize hey maybe i should pay attention to this whole thing in case there's any deviations and so just because of your laser focus it's not saying that you're less cognitive than anybody else Mm -hmm. but you just have a better focus maybe i just found it really interesting it makes you think to yourself about you know you're how well you're paying attention to the world it's really it's really weird yeah very odd on a different note kind of something that uh you and i love to talk about all the time we haven't done it as much though lately me and aaron are drastically into especially aaron but me lately he's got me into it hot sauces oh man um the the reason i bring that up is because today i went to wendy's and they have this burger that i tried for the first time i don't even know how long they've had it so it's a burger with jalapenos and they have like um what are those like crispy onion straws okay all sorts of and some sort of like mayo sauce or something on there um for some reason i thought to myself man aaron would really like this (laughs) this burger this is a good one something people may not know is me and aaron went out and bought one of the more spicy hot sauces you can get on the internet and tried it because we're psychos. And uh, what, what was the name of that hot sauce again? Uh, I believe it was called K. John's Extreme Z. Yes, yeah, that, that sounds right. And do you remember the Scoville units on that? I don't remember. It was 4 million Scoville four units. 4 million, that's right. Um, did you hear about 
Um, there's a sucker. I forget what it's called. Like it's like the scorpion sucker, or, or like or the devil's like toe. I think is what oh, it's yeah, called. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But yep. it's like a sucker, and it's got. I think they said twelve million yeah. Scoville units yep. in there. I'm curious. Would you be down to try that? Uh, <laughs> maybe. But I mean, there are some crazy challenges out there right now. Like I think there was one that I saw where you had to put this sucker in your mouth. And then just hold it there for like a minute and a half uh-huh. or whatever. And I'm like, uh, that's not a good idea. That's <laughs> dangerous. You're not allowed water or anything, but you just have to try and get there for the whole minute 30. And it's really funny to watch, you know, people that don't handle spice. Like they start drooling over themselves uncontrollably just because it's like their mouth is trying to alleviate this just burning sensation. Um, but as for if I would try, I would try it. I wouldn't do the challenge because mm-hmm. that. But you, you know, just like tab it to your I tongue would, or something. But I would, I would taste it just because yeah. I'm a nut. I think I would too. Yeah, um, I'm always looking for the next spice challenge, and I mean, I, I wouldn't like participate in those pepper eating contests because that's leading to trouble for you know later yeah. times. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, heck otherwise, no. you know, it, it's all fun. Yeah. Um. Anyway, how much do you think that costs? By the way, have you seen? Have you looked it up? Uh, no. Have you? I have not. Um, uh, I, if I remember correctly, it was a ridiculous number. It was like forty dollars or something. Obviously, they don't want people to just go out and get this because twelve million Scoville units is really dangerous. If you're not experienced with anything spicy, I would say anything over five hundred thousand Scoville units gets kind of not necessarily dangerous for you, but you're not going to have a good time. So, uh, looking it up, we find that the Devil's Toe Sucker is actually 9 million Scoville units. Still nothing to sneeze at, but it is only $8 on Amazon. So, if you're crazy like we are, go ahead and uh, look that up. Might um, have to do that. <laughs> also found some other interesting crazy spicy candies apparently they have carolina reaper gumballs what yeah so oh no i mean i guess if you just want that pain to just keep coming just... that's like a red uh red hot on crack right <laughs> <laughs> um something i really found interesting that you've kind of shown me in this for people that don't know i used to uh, be enable to handle any sort of heat at all. Um, for instance, like jalapenos, couldn't do them. Way too spicy for me. Um, even cherry peppers, which I personally think, aren't they? They're a little bit hotter than a jalapeno. Yeah, see, those couldn't do them. Like any, anything in that area, I couldn't do it. And then what I slowly started to do with your uh, your encouragement is I started trying a few more spicy hot sauces um such as you know like mad dog which you know i've tried and all sorts of spicy ones and i i've tried so many now that i've got to a point where jalapenos don't really phase me cherry peppers don't really phase me and i can do like a majority of hot sauces with no real big issue so it's really neat to me to see how my body has almost adapted yeah to the point where i can now handle something that i was a complete wimp to before it's crazy to me. And I know that you do that with cold too, right? Like you don't wear, you wear yes. short sleeve shirts in cold weather to kind of. Yep. Um, so what he's talking about is um, I, I'm big into like 
human body conditioning. Um, first of all, to get it clear, like I've grown up with spicy foods my entire life. So, you know, spicy foods haven't been a, an issue for me. Uh, I've always been eager to try the next spicy thing to make sure that, you know, I'm staying on top of it. And, um, you know, especially with all these different hot sauces, whenever I find a new hot sauce or hotter sauce, I got to master it. I got to, you know, overcome it. And it doesn't take very much, actually. I mean, I know it's it's a terrifying thought. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, I'm going to die if I <laughs> consume this. But, you know, it, it's the same thing with, um, yeah, during the winter, like growing up, I've always been, you know, absolutely a wimp when it comes to the cold. And so over the last couple of winters, um, I've been training myself with willpower to you know, even in the coldest of the conditions, you know, it's blizzarding out. I try and make sure that at most, if I need cover, that I take just a light jacket out. And the result that I come out with is that, you know, the cold really doesn't bother me anymore. I can you know comfortably go outside in 30 degree weather as long as there isn't any like crazy amount of wind you know 30 degrees that's not anything bad like it's not pleasant still but the goal is you know that you can overcome and strengthen yourself you know strengthen your mind strengthen your body uh and then overcome basically any condition it's definitely the truth i can tell from this uh training of my mouth over spices here it's kind of it's just crazy to me. I remember one of my biggest traumatizing things as a child. Don't make fun, don't make fun of me for this. I I know I know you're gonna find it funny. Uh, when I was younger, especially if my mom's listening, she's gonna die laughing about this. <laughs> she was making a homemade like chip salsa, uh-huh. and she put jalapenos in it, and she had some of the seeds, the jalapeno mm-hmm. seeds, sitting like on a cutting board. And I had touched one of the seeds and then proceeded to touch my lips. Oh, no. My lips were so on fire. I was pouring milk on them. Nothing would help. I was literally ready to get in the car and go to the hospital. Oh, dear. I, and, you know, now looking back on it, it honestly probably wasn't as bad as I was making it to be. But at the time, that was horrible. I was scarred forever. I didn't even look at a jalapeno again mm-hmm. for years. Like, I, I can't even tell you how traumatized I was by it because I was a young kid. Um, so it's it's so fascinating to me that I've gone from being scarred as a child by touching jalapeno seeds and then getting them on my lips and crying like a little baby about it, and then now I'm to the point where I could, where I'd be willing to do this this uh satan's toe thing <laughs> right i it's just wild to me uh you know and it's also really interesting uh, a lot of people i actually didn't know this i very recently found this out but um you know <laughs> pepper started out as like not a spicy thing and i don't know if you knew this or not or i might have mentioned it to you before but um peppers and like the the spice of or the flavor of spice, I should say, wasn't a thing. Um, but peppers, as they evolved and they started growing, they started coming out with a, its own defense mechanism for animals. They were trying to deter animals away because you know they couldn't grow properly. So over the course of evolution, um, peppers started developing a spicy coating so that animals would stop eating 
the, the sure. plants and the seeds and things like that. Um, and it started working, but then, you know, humans came along and some human thought, huh, I enjoy the sensation that this is <laughs> for doing some from, reason, for whatever reason, I'm enjoying this, you know, minute amount of pain in my mouth. Uh, it's very tolerable. I'm going to share this with everybody. And the next thing you know, spicy cuisine has become a thing. Well, and I actually didn't know about that, but I did know the spices were, as far as I'm aware, originally discovered in parts of India and Asia. Uh-huh. And I know that when the world first, like kind of in the Europe area, when, when we first started, when we first recognized trade, uh-huh. um, it used to be that the lands would be kind of your source of income and trading and whatnot. But then they started realizing, hey, other people have cool things that we can get if we give them some of our cool things. Yeah. So I know they started trading spices with like kind of Asian Asia centered uh countries. Mm-hmm. Um and what they used it for at first from what I know is preservatives yes. to keep meats and whatnot from going bad fast in a fast way. Um yeah, with with that it would it was mostly salt. Salt was yeah. a very very big thing as a as a spice as a preservative. Yeah. Um Asia was very very uh, endowed with you know salt you know uh, in, in the land they could you know dig for it they could find it in caves and things like that but salt was just all over for mm-hmm. it and other cultures hadn't really quite discovered salt yet so you know it was this great big resource that's yeah, pretty crazy how that how that evolved yeah when you think about it in a deeper sense because it goes from people like, oh, what are these weird things? To then they started using it for all these other purposes, and then it was for <laughs> keeping animals out. Yep. Which I wonder how well that actually worked. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. But not now we all uh, experiment with it for our own displeasure, but yet pleasure at the same time. <laughs> right. They're always breeding new peppers to see what new spicy, crazy thing that they can come out with. Um, I know that you and I are both huge Star Wars fans. Did you see the new Star Wars trailer? I have. What'd you think? Um, it, so many questions. So very many questions come out. Like the the title itself. Like when they first released the title, even you know, so many oh, yeah. questions came out with it, and then like, of course, all the debates with it came out. And, you know, I, I enjoy some of it. I'm not as big as, you know, you'll see as on the Internet, some of those uh, comments and things and people really, really arguing about it. But I do enjoy it. Um, as for the new trailer, I think it's just very mind blowing and it looks great. It does. Hopefully it won't. Um, <clears throat> I want to say hopefully it won't uh, fail. It won't disappoint. Yeah, it won't disappoint. I see my thing is I haven't fully been disappointed by a Star Wars movie ever. I know there are a lot of people who dislike any of the newer ones. Of course. Some people dislike kind of the middle three the most. Um a lot of it some people like the middle three and then the original three, but they don't like these new ones. They're like, Oh, it's like Fast and Furious now, it's too much. Yeah. Um, but me, I'm personally one of the weirdos who loves all of them. <laughs> as weird as some of the over utilization of cgi was in the the middle three ones i I don't know i just i i still love the storylines for every single one and i thought that they they were all very good and i know people won't won't agree with me necessarily on that but i don't really care um (laughs) this new trailer for this new one 
I have never felt more like a child in my life when I heard Emperor Palpatine laugh at the very end. I swear I went into like three-year-old mode, giggling like a little child. (laughs) I was so excited. And then they threw him. There's a, I think the, the cover of the Star Wars that they showed has Emperor Palpatine kind of in the background. Uh-huh. And and while I the reason that I got so giddy about it is I should explain is okay, so obviously I just told you I like all of them, but my favorite three, as are most people's, are the original three. And I was in love with Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. I've never liked a villain more. Like I'm typically the guy who's like, oh no, screw him, you know, he's a bad guy. Yeah. It's probably those two and the Joker from The Dark Knight were probably the ones that I actually found myself at times being like, wow, he's great, you know? Um, So seeing that they're trying to maybe, I mean, nobody knows, but seeing that they maybe will bring him back unleashes a whole new level of giddy. Yeah, and... See, I'm in agreement, you know, Palpatine is one of the best villains that, you know, can be done in any franchise, you know, throughout every bit of fiction, movie, series, TV series, anything, you know, Palpatine is a whole, in a whole league of his own when it comes to being bad, but like, you know, you still really enjoy seeing him on screen, he's got a certain amount of like, charisma to him that just kind of draws you there and i i was the same way so like when i first was saw the uh the original trailer with palpatine's laugh at the end uh i was in the theater i don't remember what movie i was seeing but like you know i saw the trailer for it and i was literally bouncing up and down in my seat because i was excited and i was (laughs) like oh my goodness palpatine's coming back oh man i got speaking of villains Another one that I really like is um, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character from the movie Glass. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought he was great in that. Oh, very much so. Fantastic. Uh, I, I really enjoy the the fact that he accepted, like, his character accepted, I'm the bad guy. But if you think about it, I'm also the good guy. You know, he, his whole intention was to reveal to the world look, there's more to this world than what you're seeing. There mm-hmm. are people in this world covering up what you're allowed to see. You know, the, the organization that we find out that they're covering up all traces of, you know, anything that could be re- even remotely close to a superpower. Yeah, it's... We'll, we'll have to, in a future episode, talk about some of our favorite villains and heroes, I think, because villains are something that, you know, you all you commonly hear people talk about their favorite superheroes, but something that commonly is not talked about. And and I think quite frankly, I think that a lot of these villains that we, that I personally like, the reason I like them so much is not necessarily the character themselves, but the people playing the character. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, again, going back to the dark Knight, the actor who played the Joker was one of the greatest acting jobs. I think I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. I know that you've heard me religiously say this, but I, I just, I'm dumbfounded, and I think that, quite honestly, I think he got so into his own role that he lost himself. Like the real, like the actor, didn't he pass away? Uh, yeah, but it 
it was well obviously there's a lot of speculation but as far as i know it was confirmed that it was an accidental overdose was it it wasn't necessarily derived directly from his role as as the joker but for um, sure he was very very committed to very committed uh the role uh you know some of the cast said that they wouldn't even see him until you know his part came up so like the the actress that played Rachel Dawes, uh, the scene where the Joker shows up to the party, she hadn't seen Heath Ledger in his makeup at all. She hadn't seen him done up. So her surprise when she saw Ledger was genuine because she had no idea what he was going to look like. That's crazy. And apparently Ledger had locked himself away in a room for weeks on end, and he was putting himself in the mindset of, you know, the Joker. Or his, this version of the Joker. I know that there's a lot of haters out there. A lot of people, surprisingly, don't like this version of the, the Joker because, you know, he doesn't fit into um, a lot of the comic styles. You know, there hasn't really been a Joker quite like uh, Heath Ledger's portrayal. Yeah. But at, well, at the same time, you know, he's a loose cannon. So Oh, definitely. I don't. I don't. I think that what Heath Ledger put out was you know magnificent he he really brought out a different side of the joker that could pass off as being the joker well just to kind of put a cap on this conversation i think the neatest or the the coolest thing about that is it just goes to show when you dedicate yourself to that level to something and i I'm not trying to say that Heath Ledger wasn't like big beforehand. Cause yeah, I I think he he did a couple of he, he big did quite gigs. A bit, yep. But after that that one right there, you could he really came out like mm-hmm. like people all over the place gave him massive respect. And I think just the seriousness that he took to the role and the insane amount of dedication that he took kind of goes to prove that he went from being kind of like a your average like actor to somebody who was put up in a question mark for being was this one of the best roles played ever yeah you know to go from that level to a whole new notch just goes to show what dedication and hard work and putting your mind to something can truly do um going back to star wars a little bit though (laughs) shifting back i know we got a little off track there it's all good um I'm curious if you have any predictions as to what you think the movie will hold. Like, do you do you do you have any thoughts as to what you think will be the main storyline? I don't have any clue at this point. It's I I don't know. You know the the scenes they're all so vague, especially with you know the the last in the newest trailer. The last scene is Ray wielding. A red lightsaber, and as only know, yeah, the, the you dual know, one, yeah, the yeah. dual red lightsaber, which was awesome, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was awesome. But you know, we we all know that the Sith are the ones that wield the red lightsabers. So questions um, arise, yeah. The, the yeah, there's so many questions that come to this, and that's what I was saying at the beginning when we started this topic. But you know, there's so many questions. Um, but I'm gonna predict that you know maybe Ray isn't going to the dark side necessarily, but maybe Ray is accepting more of both sides of the force so i i know it's not a canon concept but you know there's the the concept of the gray jedi the gray jedi walks the path of the jedi and the sith they take aspects of both sides of the force 
and they create a balance, so to speak, within themselves. So maybe, you know, maybe Ray will be the first gray canon Jedi. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's I didn't even think of it that way, but that's pretty cool. Um, I'm a sucker for trailers. Yeah, me too. I I love trailers. When I saw the, uh, I know you saw the movie already, but the new It trailer. When I saw that, I was <laughs> I was super excited about it. You know, just, for some reason, like trailers get me. I like to look through. Obviously, I don't like trailers for things that don't look exciting, but of course, they kind of give you a sneak peek into things, which makes me really excited. And sometimes, quite honestly, it makes it easy to forget that they're advertisements. Right. It's like a little mini glimpse into something you're excited for, which is kind of neat. Speaking of advertisements, you want to know something kind of creepy? What's that? So about two weeks ago, I went to Whole Foods for my first time ever. I had never been there. Wow. Never been there, so I went there, right? Um, I didn't get anything. It was, you know, I was just hanging out with some friends, and I went there because they wanted to go there. And I get home and I'm scrolling through my Facebook. Guess what I have on there? Whole Foods ad. Okay. I've never seen a Whole Foods ad in my entire life. Go to Whole Foods and that same day I have a Whole Foods ad on my Facebook huh. feed. So what I'm curious to hear from you about, I don't even know if you're aware of this, but um, it's very well known that places such as Google and Facebook use audio and location to present to you advertisements on things they think you are interested in or like. Uh-huh. So, for example, I, I watched a YouTube video. This guy did this test where he opened up a browser with Google. And then I, he was talking about dog toys? Yeah. Yep. And then he opened it up and it had the ads on there. Yeah. I know he did a couple of those and he changed a few things around. Some of them it didn't work. I don't, I don't remember exactly what the circumstances was, but I do remember the one that I that I watched where he did the most basic test of it, uh-huh. it worked. Like, exactly what he said showed up. And after seeing the Whole Foods ad on my phone, I'm like, this is kind of creepy. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on kind of that whole, um, I guess, digital surveilling and, and using that to market to people and how how you feel about that. That's an interesting topic. Um, you know, at at times, I feel like it actually is really really beneficial um is it an invasion of privacy maybe because obviously we don't know how much of our conversations from day to day are being recorded or surveyed or you know taken into account um i'm i think that somebody somewhere came out with uh what they thought was that google is always listening uh and when you talk it brings up uh key points Uh so you know if you're if you're continuously talking about certain things it'll try and pick up keywords in your conversation and then it'll try and advertise to you what your topics were about so you know if you're in a room and you're talking about i guess it's like like the youtuber did in his test and like dog toys you know he consistently was mentioning dog toys and he even at the start of the video said i do not own a dog i just want that to be very clear i've never looked up dog toys ever in my life you know i have no reason for this and then he pulled up several web browsers and showed what he was being advertised like he was being advertised something about politics and like going shopping toothpaste toothpaste you know just all these things that he showed and then 
he started his test for a solid minute he just was coming up with lines about dog toys and how much he would love to get dog just talking toys into and, his microphone yeah. to the camera yeah and then he refreshed all the browsers well like three out of the four browsers that he had opened up switched to advertisements of dog toys and i i think it's crazy so um as for my thoughts about it i like, like i said um i think it could be a really useful thing uh it just depends some people are very very uncomfortable by it and i get why but for the most part i think it's valid that maybe it's just picking up on keywords and not necessarily whole conversations well and for me that's where my opinion is shaped i have no i actually have no problem at all with them picking up keywords and maybe directing ads towards me um to now I did listen to Neil deGrasse Titans Tyson's I don't know why I always say Titan Tyson's <laughs> response to this and he calls himself kind of for this opinion of his the old man yelling at the children on his lawn uh-huh. get off my lawn he says I'm the old man for this one he said the reason he doesn't like it is because he feels as though it takes away the ability to have the ability of the unknown to happen so basically if it's picking up on your on your keywords, it's giving you the ads that it thinks that you are interested in. He says it takes away from those ads of things that you maybe didn't know you were going to get that would have shown up had they not targeted things to you. For an example he gave was if you walk into a store and somebody asks you, can I help you find something? And you tell them exactly what you're looking for, you're going to spend less money if they show you exactly what you're looking for than if they didn't show you what you're looking for. Because you walk around and you see, ooh, there's that, and pick that up, and you, you know, you take it. You didn't know you needed it, but you have it now. And he, he, he dislikes how it takes away from that kind of spontaneous um, decision making, almost in life. Um, and a, another thing that I personally dislike about it, which is my biggest issue with it, is I think it was Google. Um, who had to come out with an apology because it came out that one of their like one of their devices. I know they have a device like not a, not Alexa. You know you know the oh, but they they like have a, a Echo or whatever? yeah they have like a Google device um for your home kind of similar to Alexa. And what was happening is there were numerous situations that came up where like physically alive contractors listened into people's conversations and and things going on in their home and google had to put out an apology for this so for me if it's something just picking up your your keywords and using it to i don't know advertise to you i mean sure what going back to what tyson said you know it takes away a little bit of that spontaneous decision making which i you know to me doesn't necessarily bother me that much um i think if i'm looking for a pair of shoes and it winds up taking me to a pair of shoes i mean eh, it's a little convenient <laughs> but if someone's listening in on me all the time like a live person yeah that's creepy and that's a violation of anybody's privacy right so and that's where i draw the line of course uh, and i i'm in total agreement i mean i don't want somebody listening in on what i have to say but of course what i have to say isn't very interesting so listen away <laughs> jackass but um you know <laughs> um but you know it it is you know a, l- a little bit of a problem because i know 
Um, I, I don't know if you know about uh, Edward Snowden. You know, he was a big thing many years ago. I don't um, think so. Okay, so remind me. So he was working for the NSA. It, okay. You know, and then he went undercover or or something. I don't. I can't remember the whole thing. So I'm sorry if I butcher any of this. But oh, I butcher things every day on this <laughs> podcast. Don't you worry. But anyway, so the big general thing about it was he was working for the NSA, and then he outed the NSA, saying that they were listening in on you know everyday citizens' conversations because they were looking for terrorist threats. Uh, they were looking. Uh-huh. They, they were surveilling everyone's cell phones, any kind of thing that picked up audio. So, like, if your laptop picked up audio conversations, they could just randomly access, you know, your webcam webcam settings and turn it on manually for themselves, so they could listen in on whatever it was you were saying. And uh, he was branded as a traitor, and he fled the country. And I think he's you know residing in Russia or something mm-hmm. right now, and he's still from time to time puts out web videos and he's just like hey i did this for you you know and I, I as far as i know um many people have petitioned petitioned to try and get him pardoned and all this stuff and yeah it's, uh, i don't think i ever heard about any yeah, of that it was it was this big thing you should definitely look, look into, into it, it. They, I made will. A, they actually made a movie about it and i mean obviously they can only do so much you know accuracy from it but um uh, I, I can't exactly remember what it was called, but uh, the main actor, so if you're interested in looking, watching this movie, mm-hmm. the main actor was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He played okay. the, he played as Edward. Um, but Very interesting. Oh, oh, I, I think it was actually just called Snowden. So if you're interested... I think I saw the trailer for that, if, actually. If you're interested in seeing a basic concept of like what went on with that, look it up. Will do. All right, well, Aaron, I appreciate you uh, coming on yet again for another uh, Randomality podcast. Of course, it's been my pleasure.